thank you for today. And Jesus, we thank you that yours is the name above every name, the one we get to glorify, honor, and praise. And so come, Lord Jesus, come. Reveal yourself to us today. We want you famous in each one of our lives, and we can't wait to see and hear all that you are up to. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, we pray. Amen. Go ahead, have a seat. We are in the midst of a fun new series here at 3rd, and it is called Summer Stories. And every story is going to be about the generosity of God. So whether you are in this space, the auditorium, or the sanctuary, you will be hearing about how generous God is. And so I'm excited for today because we have a friend of our church family. We actually have a brother of our church family that's going to come talk to us in a little bit. But I want to start with a story on investment. It's from Matthew 25, 14 through 30, and this is what it says. Okay, I'm reading it from here. I have my Bible open. It's in the right place, but this is bigger words. I'm just letting you know. Okay, if you're like, what are you doing? That is what I'm doing. I'm reading the bigger word version. This is what it says. A man was going off on an extended trip, and he called his servants together and delegated responsibilities. To one, he gave $5,000, to another, $2,000, and to the third, $1,000. Depending on their abilities is how they received them. Then he left. And right off, the first servant went to work and doubled his master's investment. The second did the same. But the man with the single thousand dug a hole and carefully buried his master's money. After a long absence, the master of those three servants came back and settled up with each one of them. The one given $5,000 showed him how he doubled his investment. His master commended him. Good work. You did your job well. From now on, you will be my partner. The servant with the $2,000 showed him how he also doubled his investment, and his master commended him as well. Good work. You did your job well. You will also be my partner. The servant given the $1,000 said, Master, I know you have high standards, and I know you hate carelessness. And I know that you demand the best and make no allowances for error. I was afraid I might disappoint you. So I found a good hiding place and I secured your money in the ground. Here it is, it's safe and sound, all to the last cent. The master was furious. That was a terrible way to live. It's criminal to live so cautiously like that. If you knew I was after the best, why did you do less than the least? The least you could have done was to invest it with bankers, where at least I could have gotten a little interest. Take the thousand and give it to the ones who are willing to risk the most and get rid of all that play it safe kind of talk and action. You don't go out on the limb. So you deserve to be in utter darkness. Well, this story is from Matthew. And most famously, it's known as the parable of the talents. This was the version from the message. And so it's called the story of investment. And probably like me, many of you have heard this story before. I've, heard it pre I've had it preached about in many different ways, but today we're going to talk about it in the way of faith. So a brief history lesson. This is when, so I love giving history lessons so we understand context. So I was telling Mike, I wish, I was telling him at home, I wish that we would do like 
commercial break. Do, 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 do. And then I give the brief history lesson. And anyways, so here's the brief history lesson. Sometimes I wish it was the commercial break, but this is it. It is a parable that's found in the book of Matthew. There's a similar one in the book of Luke. This parable is a story that is simple and easy for the listener to understand. That's why Jesus always spoke in parables. Because he was trying to make complex topics into easy to understand things. He was trying to tell people about the Father's heart and the kingdom of God in ways that they would understand most. So Matthew writes Jesus' parable in his book. He writes it in a way that is written specifically to his people, the Jewish people. It was his culture. So he understood. Matthew was a tax collector. So not oddly, he's writing about money. He understands money and he understands that if you steward money well, then you will get a good return. So usually this is talked about the parable of the talent. A talent is not actually amount of money. It is the weight of money. And so Matthew is talking about how much money weighs and that the weight of a significant sum means it's worth quite a bit. Okay, commercial break done. No more history lessons. But here's the thing. Growing up, this story confused me all the time. See, I knew ultimately God was the master and we were the people, the servants. But I just couldn't make sense of it. Why would God be so harsh? I'm, in my mind, was the wisest person. See, growing up, I was excellent at calculated risks. So I'm now more of a risk taker, but at the time, I would only take a risk if I knew it was worth the action. So why would God then look at the person that dug it in the hole that actually made the most sense than me assuming that everyone else was probably gambling their money to double their money anyways? Playing it safe seemed like the better option to me. And if I had to choose, I'd be that last servant because every risk was calculated and he didn't want the wrath. So a few years ago, I was watching this series. It's called Adventures with God. They are the people that have done a bunch of different video documentaries. Finger of God, Holy Spirit. We had a Holy Spirit showing here a few years back. Well, they did a, a TV show series called Adventures with God. And the parable of the talents was talked about through faith. God had given each person faith to steward. He'd given each one of us something to steward with our worship and how we live out, how we trust God. See, I only did things that I know I can control. My faith's usually how I can achieve or what it might look like to other people. But in this, it was saying, how do you give credit to the Lord and risk big? So instead of a small God that I would often believe in, who needed my help on all the things he did because I could control that, God was giving permission for us to trust a big God that no one can control, where he can multiply and steward faith differently. So 11 years ago, Mike and I moved to Pella, Iowa. We drove into town and things got very quiet the first time we interviewed here because we had no idea what we were about to encounter. And I had no idea that my biggest faith stories were gonna come from students and kids at this church. So for about 11 years, I've been working with students here at Third Church. I'm no longer in that role, but I was for a long time. And I 
could have any student up here today tell you about how they've encountered God. I'd have any kid up here today and they would tell you about their big faith. Because one of our phrases in children's ministry and kids ministry here and student ministry here is we say there is no junior Holy Spirit in our students and our kids. The same Holy Spirit that's in me as an adult is in all of them. And you know what the truth is? They believe in the big Holy Spirit where I sometimes believe in the junior Holy Spirit. So today I invited a friend who is a son, a brother, an uncle, who's a realtor, a coach, who's a new husband. What, what? But also is someone that believes in a very big God that does very big things. So some of you may remember about six years ago, we had an event here on July 25. I know that because it was my daughter's first birthday. And so we were like, it's your birthday gift. She didn't understand that at one, but... It made us feel good. Um, but would you please welcome Josh DeWard up here with me? Thanks, Josh. Okay, so Josh, I want you to introduce yourself because I'm, I've been telling Josh nonstop since I asked him, I can't wait for this moment. I've been waiting. I've been waiting for this moment because you, you don't know this fully mostly because I didn't share it with you. <laughs> so, but the truth is about a year ago, the Lord gave me this vision that I was to invite you and Nathan to come speak at some point to encourage faith. And so no pressure, just joking. <laughs> um, Where's Nathan? <laughs> but Nathan couldn't be here. So Josh is here to share the story for the both of them. Um, but Josh, you, yeah, you like led a movement for a while and God was doing some big things. But before we get into that, could you introduce yourself and how, you're part of the family here. Yeah. So my name is Josh Dord. Uh, Roger and Wendy are my parents. If you don't know me, you might know them. Um, from Pella, went to Central College, grew up most of my life, went to third. Um, in college, I ran the soundboard back there a couple times a month, helped in the place of prayer. So yeah, third's been home for a long time for me. That's awesome. Okay. So there was this thing called Unite Midwest. So if you don't know what it is, I'll briefly give a description you fill in. Unite Midwest was this movement that really with a, was this move, I'm just gonna leave it simple, you can fill in the gaps, was a movement and they brought Bethel here to Pella. So Bethel worship came and we did it, who would have ever thought, at the Tulip Torn. That was the first Unite Midwest. So why don't you fill in the gaps? Will you, what happened? How did you, how did this dream happen? All those different things. Yeah. Um, there's a lot of gaps to fill in, I guess. Uh, well, <laughs> well, I think, You're I welcome. think, yeah. <laughs> Good thing I'm fast at telling stories. Um, I'm not. Uh, we got all morning. I was telling Josh earlier, I was like, there's no service after yeah, this. Shut the just... timer off. Yes. We're going to be here a while. <laughs> um, no, I, I think it, like before getting into the details of what took place, before anything started, so this was July, the I forget what year, but back the previous year in like September, October, um, third, it was actually in the auditorium, uh, was doing a book series on a book called The Next Christians by Gabe Lyons. I don't know if anybody's familiar with that book. This would have been like six, seven years ago, probably. Mm -hmm. And I actually didn't, go to the service. I just took the book from the back and <laughs> went and listened to Kevin, you know, like, but, um, I read that book and it, 
it kind of like, I don't know, illustrated this beautiful picture of the story of God. And, and, um, I think I grew up a lot of the times with like the culmination of the story being like the death and resurrection of Jesus. And then it was just kind of like, that was Mm -hmm. it. Like, Mm -hmm. not just like that was it, but kind of, you know, but this book talked a lot about how, like, because of the death and resurrection of Jesus, now us as Christians, little Christ are invited to participate in the coming of his kingdom, the establishing of his kingdom. And that was just a whole new thing for me. Like that was just so captivating to me that, man, we get to participate in that work. And so I just started thinking like, well, I want to do something, you know, Mm -hmm. like this is awesome that this is, if this is true about what it means to follow Jesus, then like, I want to be a part of that. And, uh, I also remember, I don't know why about the time I was, I was reading the book of Acts or maybe the sanctuary was talking about, I don't know, but I remember Kevin Corver saying that he was doing his commercial history lesson and (laughs) he talked about how the apostles historically were probably like early to mid twenties. Like they were just young people. And that just struck me because I was 20 at the time and I thought, oh man, like, you know, you're in college and for people who are students or been students, you can relate like just feels like you're learning for so long. It feels like, well, I got to get my degree and then I got to do this and then I can actually like start my life, you know? And so I was feeling that in college and was just like, well, why, you know, these guys were young, like they weren't educated. Like, why can't I do something? Right. And so that, I think that was like the heart behind that like led into what we ended up doing. So that's awesome. Yeah. Okay. So that kind of like lights this little fire in you. Yeah. Then what? Um, we, uh, my Nathan Clayberg, um, and I. We, we should have had a picture. Yeah, we I'm sorry. <laughs> oh, missed opportunity <laughs> by me. Any picture? Um, <laughs> we uh, we decided we were gonna pray every day for a month, and we were just gonna pray the same prayer of, "Here we are, God. Like we believe this is true about mm-hmm. what it means to follow you, and what can we do?" Like, yeah invite us into something, you know? And so we did, we just did that for a month and we got back together and we kind of shared our ideas and, um, we had this, I don't know, random idea of like, Oh, what if we like put on a conference in Pella? And so it just kind of grew from there really. Mm -hmm. Um, but actually what we did is we did two different things. First, we went to the, the, passion conference in Atlanta. I don't know if your people are familiar with that. Louis Giglio is a whole crew. And um, we were invited as a group from Des Moines went and we took a charter bus down there and the whole deal. And it was a great experience. And we came back and we were just like, man, we want to take our friends to this. But it was, it was like $350 a person. So I was right. like, yeah, this is a lot of money. And Nathan had the idea of, well, what if we just tried to pay for it? And I, of course, was all about that. <laughs> and uh, it was going to be like $15,000 to take a bus, a charter bus of kids down. And the way the Passion Conference works is you have to buy the tickets in January for the next January because the prices go up. And so for 50 people, it was $100, so it was $5,000. And of course, like Nathan was 19, I was 20. We had no money. And so we went to Marion County Bank and we took out a loan for (laughs) $5,000. And uh, which I don't know why they gave us, I don't understand how that worked. I was thinking about that this morning. Like how did we, I don't know. How did that work? But anyway, somehow we got this. A lot fr- of favors. Yeah, somehow. <laughs> My dad probably called Steve Timebreak or something. I don't know. We got this $5,000 loan, and uh, we bought these tickets. 
And we just were like, okay, like we just got to raise this money, you know? Well, then in February, we were just, we were listening to this Bethel Music album. They count with this new album. And I said to Nathan, I was like, what if we tried to bring Bethel Music to Pella? And neither of us really knew who they were. We're like, I don't know, like, let's try it. And I remember uh, coming to church and I was like, I'll ask, I'll ask Mike, Mike Redman, uh, you know, what he thinks, you know, Mike would know of all people. And I asked Mike, like, what do you think the chances are that Bethel Music would come? And Mike was like, oh, they're too big, you know, like maybe Mm -hmm. five years ago, but. So I went home and was like, all right, we're doing this, you know? Like, <laughs> so that, like, wasn't discouraging. No, I was like, like, oh, I'm okay. going to prove. Yeah, yeah, Mike's going to say that to me. Okay. <laughs> uh, so anyway, we, we just reached out to him, and we filled out this form, and we left the whole form blank, and we just said, like, hey, we're just these two college guys wanting to do this. Like, You literally left it blank? Oh, yeah. It's like this big form, and it's for people who, like, actually have events that are, like, who came last year, and who's coming this year, and how many people go to your church, and uh, so we just left it blank, and and the, and then there's, like, additional comments, and we put, we're two college kids wanting to put on an event, wondering if people want to come, and they called us. I, they called us and talked to us, and we just told them, like, kind of what I just right. told you, and they agreed to come, and they were they were in for it, so... We, uh, we signed this contract and, uh, I don't know, we signed up, we, we, we agreed to pay for their flights and their sound equipment and the whole deal yeah. and it ended up being like $30,000, but we didn't know, like we were yep. just like, yeah, you know, come on. Um, we could take another loan out, yeah, no big deal. already five in, <laughs> what's another 30? Um, <laughs> so yeah, so we did that and you want me to keep going? I mean, just, I want you to okay. keep going, don't uh, stop. Okay. Um, yeah, so we basically, yeah, we're signed up to do this, and we only had six weeks. So we told them to come July 25, and they didn't tell us until, like, mid-June, basically, that they right. were coming. And that was literally all we had. I mean, we had a $5,000 loan, me and Nathan, and a contract saying that these people were coming on July For $30,000. For $30,000. I mean, that's where we were on, yeah. like, June 15 or whatever it was. And you had six weeks to get the 30000 by the 25th. Yeah, yeah, because, yeah, yeah. yeah, we had to pay for all the stuff. Um, so I, of course I went back to Mike and Mike told me that I should strongly consider emailing them and telling them not to come. (laughs) Uh, and then, um, John, John, he took Nathan and I out to lunch and, or we, I, maybe we asked him to go out to lunch and we were going to talk about, you know, John was like kind of our man, you know, like if, if John gives us a vote of confidence, like it can be done. And we talked to John at Pizza Ranch for a long time and we left and, and Nathan left feeling like, man, I, I don't know. I don't think we should do this. And I left thinking like, man, John is in on this. Like <laughs> this can happen. And John was not in on this. <laughs> he was like very kindly trying to tell us not to do this. But I was just, oh man, John believes in us. We can do this. Um, <laughs> so <laughs> we, um, we just started asking some of our friends and it just was so like uh, organic. I mean, it just kind of all happened. Um, and r- so really this was never about third church. The, the goal for Unite was to unite. Yeah, Pella. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, we, we really, yeah, we wanted to make it like a community event. Yes. That was like yep. really important to us. Yes, definitely. Obviously like third right, right, played right. a huge yes. role. Like we both went to third and yeah, I mean, can't say enough about that, but you're yeah. right. Um, so we assembled this group. It ended up being eight of us, four guys and four girls. And we were all, 
know, I think my sister was the youngest and she would have been 18. Yep. So it was 18 to whatever, 20, 22. And we met, um, we met twice a week for six weeks. And every meeting, we just had this huge list of like, okay, we have no event. We have these people coming. Now we need to like make it an event, you know? And how much money do we all yeah. have? So <laughs> yeah, okay. right. Uh, so we just planned and we made like this marketing campaign. And I remember I made this like free one page website that just looks so horrible. Uh, so you could buy tickets on it. And then we started fundraising and our fundraising idea, um, which was really like prompted by my dad. He told us we should just go ask all the people in Pelo who had money for all their money. And... <laughs> And so we did. We just started calling businesses. We'd call the business and we'd get whoever was working there. Right. And we'd say, hey, um, we want to talk to the owner. And they'd be like, what are you talking about? Like, right. who owns this place? You know, like we called like, I don't know, Vinmont and accounting or whatever. Right. Like the secretary is like, who right. are you? Uh, and we'd, we wanted to meet with the owners and we met with them. We'd just go sit down with them and we'd say, hey, here's what we're doing. And we want $5,000 or we want whatever. We'd ask them for money. And these people just started giving us money. I mean, they were just mm. like, yeah, this is cool. Like, sure. Right. And so we started raising this money and doing the whole thing. And, uh, eventually like, so after the six weeks we had raised, uh, $50,000 in those six weeks. So we paid, we paid for the 30,000 for the event and the 15 for the, um, passion trips. We paid for the bus and everybody got to go for free. And we even, so we had $5,000 left at the end and we got down to Atlanta and there was 50 people on our bus and we gave everybody a hundred dollars and every, we did like a reverse offering and everybody went out to the, like the streets of Atlanta and just gave a hundred dollars away. So, I mean, it just was like, right, right, right. it was cool. Yeah. It was really cool. And the event, I mean, I, th I think some of you guys were there, but it was a great event. I mean, right. it was, yeah, it was, it was a cool, it was a cool night. So, I, so, um, Part of the story where, like, Mike and I were not in on it, but we all went to Compton in the middle of this. They had a week until the event, about a week and a half, and two days before, we go to Compton on a, on a mission trip all together with students and college students. We meet with Josh and Nathan, and they, Nathan looks at Mike and I and says, I don't think we should be going and I said, oh, tell, tell us more about that. And he said, we have a lot of money to raise and nothing's coming in at this point. And, we, and they still decided to come. And it was the craziest thing because they got in the vans so we could drive to the airport. And I think you like entered into the van and we just turned out of the parking lot. And it was, oh, we got this amount. Oh, we got this amount. And nonstop all the way to the airport, money was coming in for this event. It was unbelievable. And I just sat there and I was like, I was trying to be encouraging that you should come to the Compton trip because we paid for your tickets. <laughs> and, I and I was like, and it'd be so fun if you guys come. But if I'm real, that was part of it. And then like in their faithfulness being like, okay, look, we're going to trust you. I, I mean, I want to say that drive you had like, Twenty-three dollars to $30,000 come in from here to Des Moines. Yeah. And I was like, and the Lord kept talking to me about faith and the talents a little bit, if I'm honest with you, in that moment. Because I was like, okay, Lord, how often do I believe in a junior Holy Spirit and don't trust because I want to take control? And if I don't know how to control it, then you probably can't do it, Lord, because I can't do it. And God's like, oh, no, 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 no. I can do this because I gave you this word. So, okay. Let's keep going. So how do you feel like you guys met God in the midst of trusting him? 
Um, man. Well, that like, just the, like the numbers and that type of stuff is cool. Like that's a, right. that's like inspiring. And it's like, man, that was real. Like that stuff happening was a way we met God. Def- right. Definitely. Um, but it's so interesting when, when most people, which like, this is obvious, but like when they think of United Midwest, they think of like the events because right. that's like most people's touch point to it. But for us, I, I spend way more time thinking about like the planning and the relationship building and all that. Mm-hmm. And just to watch, I think what was so cool, a way that like our group met God is, like I said, with that book of feeling like, hey, God is doing something in the world. Like he's in the business of redeeming and restoring and making things new and that's right. bringing light to darkness. You know, like that's like yeah. who he is. And you get this beautiful invitation of like, he, he invites you, he sends you to mm-hmm. do that with him. And it was so awesome for like Nathan and I to participate in that, but also to see the team kind of get caught up in that same story of like, oh man, this is, this is real. Like, this is what it's like to follow Jesus is to not just like put on a big event, but feel like you are advancing the kingdom of God in, yeah. in a real way. So yeah. I, I think that like was a huge takeaway for everybody there. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, how many people went to Unite Midwest when it was at the Tulip Torn? How many people went? Because there were a few things. There was one then at the football field. Did anyone go to that one? Okay, then there was one or two in Des Moines. Was there two? I don't remember. I don't remember either, but did anyone go to the Des Moines ones? You could feel the energy. Like, and I loved it because it was 18 to 20-year-olds putting this whole event on, but you guys were like jacked. Like someone gave you a lot of Red Bull. Well, I, I remember the first one. Holy Spirit Red Bull. Yeah. Uh, the first one, you know, you did all this planning and Nathan and I got to like introduce the night or whatever. And we, this is like the coolest thing of United West, the whole thing for me, is we went back behind the Tulip Torn, you know, and whatever, it's starting. And we were just like, okay, like, what do we do now? You know, mm-hmm. like, <laughs> it's happening. Right. And, uh. Nathan said, he said, what if we just like, what if we just pray? Mm-hmm. What if we just pray back here? So, you, can, you know, nobody could see us back there. And so we kind of stand in there. I'm like nuzzled into Nathan's shoulder, you know, he's like 6'4". <laughs> uh, and and we, we start to pray and we barely, I mean, barely start praying and we both just start crying. We're just mm-hmm. like weeping and just overcome with so many different emotions of what has taken place. And I mean, we just cried the whole time. Like, I remember we had to say to each other, it was like a two-hour event, and we were like an hour and a half in, and I was like, we got to stop crying because we're not going to sing any of these songs, you right, know? Like, right, yeah. We want to sing with these people, yeah. and we're just <laughs> sobbing the whole time. So, yeah, I mean, it, it was powerful, like, mm-hmm. to, to watch it unfold. It was, yeah, it was, it, it changes you, you know? Yeah. Okay, Josh, so how had this, how has this, so I would say this is a faith marker, you know, like a little bit, there's this place where you have this stone that you pick up. I've been reading the book, uh, Hind's Feet in High Places. And it's this journey of this, of this character. And it's her whole journey of faith. But everything that she goes through, she always picks up a remembrance stone. And so a little bit, you have this, so let's be honest, you have this massive remembrance stone. How has this impacted your faith moving forward? Yeah, that's, that's good. I love that you brought that book up. Because, yeah, that ties into what I want to say. Come on. <laughs> 
It's like we planned this. Yeah, what? Um, we didn't. That was sarcasm. <laughs> um, well, I think I, so many things I could say. But for me, um, it's funny, like, as you asked me to reflect on Unite, on Unite Midwest, in some ways it's hard because so much of what was, like, driving it is still, like, true in my heart. Yeah. You know, it's, it like feels like it's still going, even yeah. though the event has stopped and like all of that. But like the way in which I want to follow Jesus, ha- it's like still happening. So it's mm. like, oh, it's, it's hard to like right. reflect because it's like, I'm still doing it. You right, know, right. it just looks different. And um, I think like throughout this journey, the way my, my faith has changed is um, when you think about like, wanting to do stuff or dreaming. Um, it's natural and it's easy to think about like um, the tangible things of like, okay, we want to we wanna have this many people at the event or whatever it is. Like we want our business to become this or our family to become this. And you yeah. start listing these like tangible things. We need to raise this much money and yes. this, whatever it is. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And that's good because I think it gives you it gives people something to like rally around, mm-hmm. you know, like it's okay. We can like something we can hold on to something we can go for. But what was so true for me in United West and is true for me now is you, you almost think that like when those things happen, that's like, that's the pinnacle, you know, like, okay, if we want 2000 people to come and then 2000 people came, oh my gosh, like that right. is amazing. And it's cool. But what is so much more profound and what I found and experienced is as you are pursuing something, as you're saying yes to something, as you're dreaming and risking about something, the best thing that happens is you encounter God. Come on. Like you, you meet him in it. That's right. And man, that has just, that's powerful. Like right. it's, it's like, it's almost like he looks at our, our dreams and he's like, I could do that. Come on. No problem. That's right. But like, I've got something more here. Yeah. You know? And that's not to say that we shouldn't dream about the exciting, tangible results. I think that's natural. I think that's human and good. But it's so beautiful when you get into that. And what you find is, man, the true like fruit and joy um, and satisfaction of this thing is that I'm with him. Yeah. And I, I know him. And I'm closer to him. And I've experienced him in new ways. And so I think that, yeah, that, that has, that's for sure, like in me still. Yeah. It's beautiful. Yeah. I've been in some conversations recently with different people and, you know, all of us have these like dream moments, like, oh, this is my dream house, or this is what this dream is, or this, this is my dream job. And when you get those things early, like, I think there's times where it's like, oh, great, I've arrived. That was it. But it made, it's made me wonder in the last little bit, okay, Lord, if I dreamt this and I thought this was the best, and I got it, how much bigger are your dreams for me? And so I love that for this story because, man, this is such a faith testimony, honestly, of moving forward. Like you believed, like part of me wishes I was there when you were talking to Steve Kreinbrink and you're like, I wanna know how that whole conversation went. We wanna take people on a conference, can we get $5,000 to do that? You know, or like, or you having the different conversations with different people about, so we have like $30,000 we need to raise. And, but that Holy Spirit was interacting in the midst of that and something resonated with their spirits. Because the truth is Steve could have looked at you and said, no, 
the bank is not gonna invest in this way. But instead, that was a faith building. Yeah. It was one step after another, a stone after another. And so, yeah, I just think that's so cool. So I love it because oftentimes we can dismiss what's happening because we think they're too big. And the Lord gave you this and it was as simple as grabbing a book, hearing, praying like a real simple prayer, you and Nathan, and the Lord starts reviving and breathing life into a spark, which became a blazing fire. So one of the things that I wondered about for today is we are coming out of quite a season, right? Like you kind of still can't not talk about COVID. But as I was praying about today, I kept wondering, how many of, I, of us, I, that probably was not a mistake, <laughs> but how many of us have lost hope in some dreams or just haven't even taken faith steps anymore because life became chaotic for a while. And so we just dismiss things. And so there's a part where I want Josh to pray into that and really bless us all, whoever wants in that. But there's another part I wanna do first. Okay, so like I said, one of my favorite things about working here has been working with students and kids. And I love the families. But I need you to know, everyone to know, so parents, grandparents, other family members of this church, these kids are incredible. They believe in a big God. And so I wonder, church family, man, I wonder, church family, if we could bless that faith in them. Because we don't want that to die. The world wants to totally steal that and snatch that. But we want to bless that in them. So we are going to be family in a moment. And I would love if adults, you could stand up and surround anyone that is 18 and under. And will you bless the faith to move mountains that's within them? Will you bless the faith that parts waters that's within them? Will you bless the faith that makes the captives free that's within them? So will you go ahead and do that? Go ahead, surround anyone that is 18 and young, younger. Raise your hand if you are 18 and younger. Will you guys raise your hand really fast? Okay, all of these sweet, awesome students and kids need to be prayed for. So go ahead, put your hands on them. All right, so now, kids, will you look at me? So here's the deal. The truth is the parable of the talents has something to do with faith. And God's entrusted you with a big, big, big faith. But the truth is some of us adults have lost that. And our faith is in a very small God because we think that God can only do what we can do. So students and kids, will you, which may feel weird, but will you bless us adults? Because we need your blessing to help revive some of our faith. So will you, students and kids, stand up again. Go ahead. Now, adults, I need you to gather together as close as you can because they have, some of them have little hands and little arms. Some don't, you're right. Some, I mean, we're not talking T-Rexes, right? So like, go ahead, come together and then Kids, will you bless, it can be as simple as you want, but will you bless us adults? So ahead, adults, go ahead, come together, come together. I think you thought I was joking, I actually wasn't. Okay, so finally, I asked Josh if he would impart something to us. So what impartation means is that there's something that was revived in Josh that he is gonna bless us with because I don't know about you, but there's some things that I need reviving in me. 
And so Josh and I were just talking, we were gonna go a different way, but he's gonna lead us into a new way of impartation and an invitation for those of us that wanna receive it to stand and receive. There's no pressure. Um, well, in just a second, I'm, I'll, I'll pray for us and impart on you all. <laughs> um, uh, but I, I was just thinking, I was, I was just saying to Allie that um, this whole, the United Midwest thing and, and how it started and this big faith, I think, I don't know what, I think part of it was maybe we were just, I was young, I mean, as if I'm so old now, but you know, you just don't really know anything and you just can believe things happen. But I think really what it was for me is I just really believed that God is who he says he is. And that's so simple, but I think in like Christianity and the church world, it's so easy for God to become like an idea or a theology or a worldview or, you know, like it's easy for me, that's easy, but he's He's a person, you know, like, like he's God, he's real, he's with us, um, he's active and alive. And so what I wanna pray for us is, is just that, um, we would believe that to be true, that, that we would believe that God is who he says he is and that God can do what he says he's going to do. So um, if you would just, yeah, receive, receive this prayer. Scott, we just, uh, just thank you for this group, for people who chose to be here this morning, people who long to know you and commune with you. God, we just are in awe of who you are. We're in awe of the story you're writing through us and through humanity. God, we just praise you for your character, that you are life-giving and you are love and peace and hope. Lord, would those characteristics be true of us also? So Lord, I pray for, for every person in this room, God, would you um, give us faith to believe that you are who you say you are? God, would it be true of us that we know in the depths of our being that you are alive and active in our lives? God, that you're not far, but you are Emmanuel, God, with us. So Lord, I pray for the dreamers in this room God, would you encourage them to dream kingdom dreams? Pray for those risk-averse people who don't like to dream that they would find a dreamer and help the dreams happen. I pray for relationships to come together in new creative ways to further your kingdom. God, I pray for those places in our lives that are dark and broken and seem like death is all around, whether it's a friend we know or a situation or a career or whatever it is, God, for each of us. Lord, I wanna focus on those places and we say, come Lord Jesus, do what only you can do. So we believe God, that you can bring light to dark places. 
you can bring healing to brokenness. So come and do that in our lives, Jesus. Pray all these things in his name. Amen.